0: This one's called Letting Go. He took their clothes out of the dryer and laid it on the bed. He sorted his and hers into neat piles and then methodically started folding. His pants were folded in half the long way first, then into thirds. Once he had a small stack, he brought them to the closet and placed them in an organized rows. He grabbed the hangers from the closet. Before hanging each shirt, he smoothed out the shirt and put it on the black plastic hanger. Both their shirts were organized by color, thanks to his suggestion. He stood at the edge of the closet when all the clothes were put away and admired a task now done. Next were the floors. He grabbed the vacuum from the pantry closet and started in the living room, where he always started. He made intentional lines across the new carpet. His last task for the evening was his favorite, cleaning the bathroom. Cleaning had always given him intense satisfaction. It was predictable and well-controlled. You always had a good end result. Even when you were in a rush, something half cleaned still looks better than a mess. And to be honest, lately his life had felt more like a mess than anything else. He couldn't quite understand how it all started. He'd gotten over it in his head relentlessly until he'd eventually exhausted himself. He found himself trying to zone out on his iPad. It wasn't even anything big, not that he had determined. He attempted to express this to his girlfriend many times. He couldn't understand what was happening with him. Over the past few months, it felt like someone was slowly letting the air out of his body. It wasn't a sudden event, it hardly ever is. His girlfriend had been understanding, but he had the feeling that she was starting to become distant. She came home from work and the apartment was clean. She smiled at him and said thank you, but then retreated to their room to wind down. She took off her work clothes, changed into her sweatpants and a t-shirt, and started scrolling through her phone. He'd hear her laugh from the kitchen where he was getting supper out of the oven, and when he called her to come, she casually joined him when he was almost done eating. Her job hadn't changed. She was still working 8 to 5 and getting home by 6 with the commute she had. It wasn't that, but it wasn't nothing either. When she looked at him, it felt more like pity and less like love. When she hugged him, she hugged him tight like you would hug a kid who'd had a bad day. And when they held hands, she always let go first and never initiated. She seemed content, but he couldn't understand if she felt happy. They'd been dating for about four years. Two years ago, she had moved in with him and it was the happiest he'd been in a long time. When she moved in, he had plans to propose within the first few months of her living there, but he continued to struggle with finding work and hadn't saved enough money for the ring he felt she deserved. In a good month, he would book four gigs, each lasting 15 to 30 minutes. He was never a headliner, but often the warm-up for a more well-known comedian. Lately, though, he was lucky if he got one gig a month and currently was working part-time at Target just to make some extra money. He spent a lot of time running... Writing, reading, and prepping for shows that he did get, but things were falling flat. On Saturday, it went from mediocre to pure shit, and he never saw it coming. She had spent the day doing a 5K with her friends, but they had plans for dinner. No more fancy, but getting out of the house every now and then was something they enjoyed, or at least used to. The house was clean when she came home, as it always was. and he had had changed into his nice jeans and a clean t-shirt. Running had been a release for her, and he was proud of her for following through. A while ago, she had set her mind to running a 5K and steadily had taken steps over the last few months to reach this goal. But when she came home for supper that night, her mood was different. She didn't have the runner's high he expected, and she barely looked at him as she walked through the door. She didn't meet his eye and mumbled, as she sped off to their bedroom. He quietly went to the doorway of their bedroom, the, room may, the bed maid, the vacuum lines orderly, and heard changing out of her running clothes. He watched her without her noticing he was there. She turned around and let out a small scream. God, Cameron, you scared me. He smiled at her and started walking towards her. No, get out, she glared. I mean it. He abruptly turned around and sulked out back to the living room. When she came out, almost an hour later, she was changed, showered, and had a few bags packed by her side. Her eyes darted around the room and her voice cracked when she said his name. Cameron? She said gently and cleared her throat. You know I love you. I've been thinking about this for a while and didn't even understand what I was feeling until today when I got some clarity while i was running i thought maybe we were just going through a slump like all couples do i've been really trying to be supportive of you but i'm finding myself wanting more i i need time to myself right now i don't know what that means exactly but i I know that i can't be here anymore i can't be with you anymore she looks away when she said that last part she couldn't even look him in the eye because she knew that he'd be crying. She knew what she' doing. she knew she was not being fair, but she didn't give him a chance to respond. She hugged him briefly and rushed out the door. Cameron wasn't crying; he was sobbing. he'd always been emotional emotional and sensitive, so crying was something he did easily. He cried during movies. he welled up when something great happened. He sobbed when the neighbor's dog got ran over. Most recently, he cheered up over something earlier that day when he read something depressing on Facebook about global warming. This was the type of sobbing that was unlike any other he had experienced. This type left him breathless, and he had to sit on the couch with his head between his legs, gasping for breaths. It was hard for him to stop once he had started, and the evening went by slowly. Each time he caught his breath to compose himself, he opened his eyes and she was everywhere. Their picture sat on the TV stand in a frame she had gotten from a trip to California. There were blankets on the couch she had bought a few months ago to match the soft gray and green colors that spilled through the rest of the living room. He couldn't bear to look any further than the couches, knowing that her cereal bowl was on the counter from breakfast, and going into their bedroom would be a nightmare. So Cameron did nothing. He could do nothing. His eyes were burning from crying for the past hour. He picked up the soft fleece blanket and wrapped it around his whole body like he was a burrito. He hopped over to the couch, flopped down face first, burying his nose into the cushion. He let out many stifled screams of anguish but somehow passed out from pure exhaustion. He left at 7 and it was she left at 7 and it was now 9. He woke up in a panic. He had a late night opening tonight at 10 and desperately needed this gig. It's the only one he has scheduled all month. He forced himself to make his way to the shower, keeping his blanket tightly wrapped around him while he took tiny steps to the bathroom they used to share. He choked on the smell when he got there. The oatmeal soap bar was still wet from her shower earlier the air still smelled like her wildflower body spray he had gotten her for Christmas, and the bathroom was a chaotic mess. There was no time to clean, though he desperately felt the need to organize and gain back some sense of control. He took a cold shower, hoping it would settle the redness on his face. He changed back into his clothes he had previously been wearing and grabbed his notes on the way out the door. He didn't just bomb at his gig, he got booed off stage. It was hard to make people laugh when he was fighting back tears the whole time. Sure, some com- most comedians had a dark side to them. They were able to channel all their self-loathing loathing and doubts and somehow create something brilliant. While he had never been exceptional, he was at least good. He had a few stories that always got a laugh and he fed off the audience's energy to see where his set should go next. However, everything fell flat and he left immediately after his set was done. He cried himself to bed that night and passed out by 11. The next week were some of the lowest he had felt. Liz had been his life, his motivation, his reason for trying. She made him the happiest he had ever felt and had encouraged his comedy career. She was his biggest fan. At times, especially in the beginning, it had felt euphoric. He kept wanting more and loved every little detail about her. He studied her often and tried to be attentive to what he thought she needed. He cooked for her, cleaned for her, complimented her, and listened. Despite the past few months, which had been a little darker for them, he could not understand what had happened. No amount of overthinking could solve this. She was gone, he was alone, and he didn't know how to move on. When his wallowing stage ended, and he was able to make it through the day without crying, that's when things started to get a little weird. The ache he felt when she was gone was something he couldn't feel but kept trying to. He spent a good week completely wasted, but all he had to show for that was a vomit stain on his clean carpet and a hangover from hell. He found himself drawn to things that reminded him of her. He picked up more hours at Target, and while stocking the shelves, he had a hard time avoiding the Bath and Beauty section. On a desperate Tuesday, he sprayed himself with a wildflower scent and immediately got teary-eyed. He knew it was pitiful, but it also comforted him. On Wednesday, he found the coconut lotion she used and moisturized his hands. On Thursday, he took it a step further and purchased the bar of oatmeal soap she liked and brought it home. A sneaky, sneaky smile on his face appeared as he left the store. Thursday night, he took out the soap out of the box while sitting on the living room couch it was an oval soap bar about an inch thick though it smelled like oatmeal it didn't have those flecks of oatmeal in it that he had seen in other oatmeal soap bars he held it between his hands brought his hands up to his nose and sniffed intensely while closing his eyes all he saw was her face when his eyes closed he abruptly opened them and stared out the window instead The soap felt so smooth in his hands. He touched it gently, stroking each side like he was petting a dog. At one point, his fingernail chipped the smooth surface, making a small mark in the soap. He used his fingernail again and carved the letter L into the bar. A light bulb went on. He carved the name Liz into the soap. He laughed at himself half-heartedly and stuck the bar of soap in his shower. Friday at work, he walked by the soap bars again. Instead of only buying one this time, he bought several. Friday nights, they usually stayed in and got pizza and a movie. He was a creature of habit, so he did order a pizza, he also put on a movie. Instead of watching though, he dumped out the ten soap bars he had bought and took them out of the boxes, carefully caressing each one as he took it out. He absolutely was aware that he was losing it he could feel himself clinging on tightly to something that was clearly over and by this point had been over for over a month now in an attempt to distract himself he started watching stand-up youtube clips while netflix was playing in the background he became quickly bored as he had seen many of these and could not stop thinking about the bars of soap on the coffee table on a whim he typed in soap carving Thousands of videos popped up and he became fascinated. The next few hours, he spiraled deeply into the world of soap carving and used his Amazon Prime to buy carving tools. Cameron was creative. He had dabbled in art, poetry, music, and finally had settled on comedy. He had a knack for observation and was a curious student. When his carving tools arrived Sunday, he spent hours watching videos and started learning the basics of soap carving. He quickly went through the 10 bars he had, and while at work on Monday, he bought 20 more. All oatmeal, of course. What happened over the next few weeks was a surprise, even to Cameron. His days were no longer filled with daunting self-loathing and mini panic attacks, but instead he dived deeply into this unique craft. It didn't take long for him to master the basics, so by Christmas, he had all but perfected this skill and surprised his friends and family with personal, unique carvings that left them confused and intrigued. The soap carving built his confidence. Each bar he carved was like a small bit of therapy. Like so many other things in life, he had to learn to let things go. He had never been good at this. He had always held tightly to emotions, feelings, and especially love. For him, it was the most painful experience to be loved and left. But it wasn't all that he was. He did have purpose outside of her, outside of comedy. He didn't quite know what it was or if he'd ever reach a destination, but he finally felt at peace knowing that the ending didn't matter as much as the actual living did. He didn't make any money from the soap carving. He didn't become famous for his designs, sell them on NC, or become a savant. After Christmas, he actually stopped doing them all together. He did, however, finally quit his job at Target. He stopped trying to do comedy, and for the last few months, he has been happily teaching piano, which is something he has always aspired to do, but had lacked the confidence to actually do it. And just like that, he had carved out a new life for himself.